Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, I greet all of you in the precious name of Jesus. Are you blessed tonight? We really love Pastor and Maud, and it's a wonderful experience for me last night, all day today, just to spend time with them. And, uh, you know, one thing uh, my uh, family and church leaders say that Pastor is totally transparent. When a man walks in prayer, a man walks in the anointing of the apostolic and the prophetic, you know that his life is clean and pure. And we are so blessed to have you, Pastor. And when you say kind words of us, we want you to know we are doing well because you allowed us to stand on your shoulders. And you've covered us with your prayers. And we really want you to know we don't take that for granted. You are highly, highly respected, honored and loved. Together with Maud. By the way, Maud burnt my shirt today. <laughs> I thought I'll tell the church that. And, and she did it deliberately. And so I pray that God allows you not to see it. Because I won't take my coat out. <laughs> However, thank you, Pastor. It's been a wonderful two days with you. And we pray God is going to bless this church. God is going to bless the Feast of Pentecost. And make God do what He wants to in your life. Amen. And also, I'm very, very glad to have Frank here today. Frankie, 50 years, my buddy. 50 years strong. 50 means jubilee. 50 means liberty. 50 means all the old debt is canceled. Can you believe your own and nobody nothing? Just because you're 50. <laughs> Amen. And uh, of course, you know what a marvelous work he's doing among the poor. And I don't know whether you know it. It is in his bloodstream. And we really encourage you today. As you always have your pastor. But I want you to know. You have to continue with God's mandate. I told you, you and I are standing on pastor's shoulders. I told you that. And let's not take those shoulders for granted. We honor it and we will make him proud. Amen. And so God bless you so much. We also today say a warm good evening to my good friend, Pastor Mark Moodley. We are very glad to have you too. Now, we had lunch today somewhere, and we were talking, 
And I said to Pastor, you know what? I'll tell you a little story. And he got very serious about it. So if anyone wants to get serious about it, it's okay. Pastor got serious about it. There was a church group going on a ladies' camp. And only ladies were to go. So that Friday evening, they all got ready and they went to this ladies' camp. Unfortunately, the driver fell asleep, big accident, and every one of the ladies died. So all the men started to weep and cry. And so two weeks finished, the men stopped crying. But one fellow has been crying for four weeks. So all the brothers thought, well, we need to go and counsel him and encourage him. So they went to him and said, sir, don't you know we also lost our wives? They wanted to encourage him. And don't you know that we have now stopped crying and we want to help you? He says, you can't help me. Because my wife, she missed the bus. <laughs> well, <laughs> be careful which bus you take. <laughs> Folks, today... I thank God that there is joy in the house of the Lord. And sometimes people are so, so serious. They suck on lemons all day. And they come to church, sit, and they sour. But we're praying for them. And we pray that they go on the right bus. Okay. Right, you know the whole drill. So we let's, let's tell your neighbor, let's get serious. <laughs> your neighbor says, how can you be serious? However, today, you know the drill, so we're going to go ahead, and I pray that God will bless you mightily, and uh, I'm glad that I have got Pastor Harold coming in the month of July to our prayer conference and uh, we have that annually. And thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing me the joy to take that news back home that after all this pandemic, etc., now we're going to have you come and bless us. Now, folks, let's go right ahead. Tonight, we are coming live from Little Falls Christian Church in Rudaport. They are a Holy Ghost-filled church a praying church and prophetic. It's pastored by my pastor, Harold and Morty Weitz. They're having an awesome feast of Pentecost. And so tonight, we welcome you to our evening service. I want to read for you today from Matthew 25. And there's so much of Scripture here, but I'll read the first four verses. Matthew 25, reading from verse number 1. 
Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lambs and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lambs and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lambs. Now, you possibly heard many messages. You read the scripture about the five foolish and the five wise. Now, you need to understand that he says, this is likened to the kingdom of heaven. Folks, you know, we are living in the last days. I mean, I know that we have so gone away from God, it's almost unbelievable. People today are literally, literally saying, if that's what your God is saying, I want nothing to do with your God. In other words, people are living in total rebellion and stubbornness. Now, you know the sins of the world. Paul the Apostle says in the book of Romans, in the last days, men will start creating, manufacturing new types of sin. I want to tell you tonight that I come from a Christian background. I was born in the church, according to my late mama, I was dedicated in the church. We did go astray for a while. In high school, we came back to the Lord. I don't know any other place of worship but the name of Jesus. And so I'm telling you today, many of you may be like me. One of the challenges I have not to understand the world is growing up in the church, I have become sheltered, very sheltered. When the world had all these things happening, young people were in the nightclubs, we were in the prayer meeting. Young people were taking drugs and we were casting out devils. I want to tell you why I never smoked or drank. Because my friends took me out and they gave me cigarette. I took two puffs. Guess what happened? I coughed till my lungs came out. <laughs> then, when my friend said, well, take a little bit of alcohol, I said, no, I can't. So they gave me beer. They gave me so little beer, guess what happened? I began to see double. <laughs> and so, I believe, pastor, God protected me from my youth. You see, lots of people don't understand. As much as God's grace is for people to come back, for people who have fallen, God loves them to come back. But there are certain people, God preserves you. And so today, I want to tell you, 
Because I am now grown up, I know what's happening in the world. And I'm in touch with people. And so what I believe that the present generation has exceeded the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. They may even be close to exceed the days of Noah. And you asked me, and my wife asked me, how come God is not taking us out? I said to them, the only reason God is not judging the world because people like you and many others all over are still praying. Prayer is preserving this generation. And you that are intercessors, don't get discouraged from what you see because the battle is not won in the natural. The battle is won in the spirit. Are you listening to me? So don't give up. How can I preach this gospel to an ungodly world? Rebellious people. I heard one lady say, this is what your God says. I want nothing to do with it because God should realize I've got rights. My body... I've got rights. I ask you a question. How can you have rights over something you didn't create? The owner has the right. Not the leasey. And so people don't understand. You know why? They are rebellious. They are hard-hearted. They stubborn. That's why, Pastor, I told you, the level of our, the health of our church is between 60 and 70% are attending church. What happens to the rest of them? I'm sorry to say, some people are not coming back because they're angry with God. During the pandemic, they've lost too much. Some people are not coming back because during the pandemic, someone very close to them died. I want you to understand today that there's going to be a falling away. The very elect is going to be deceived. You can't behave like the foolish virgins. You can't have the form of godliness and deny the power thereof. That's why I'm willing to come here for your feast of Pentecost. I firstly find it a pleasure and secondly, I enjoy it because where the Holy Ghost is, you endured with power. Amen. We don't have a form of godliness. We don't talk about God. We know God. You understand what I'm saying? There's a big difference about that. If you know God, you can come through your storm. If you know God, you will make 
your faith becomes strong that you will say, whether I'm in the fire, the fourth man is with me. If I'm in the storm, the God of peace is with me. When the winds blow, I'm anchored in Jesus. Come on, somebody. I came with nothing. I'm going to go with nothing. I am going to serve the Lord. Come on, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Now, I want you to know something. And give me some credit. I've been 43 years full-time ministry. That you will not have a pleasant ride every day serving God. Because the devil is assigned to test you, to tempt you. Listen, some people say, well, Pastor Gopal, I should not be tempted. Well, why don't you read your Bible? Jesus was tempted. And he overcame. And he says, I want you to know, because I died on the cross, you will also overcome. I've conquered the devil on the cross. When I said, it is finished, hell began to shake and tremble because my work has been finished. I've given the keys of life and death and power to my followers. Amen. This is the God we serve. And you need to come to this place today to understand that this Feast of Pentecost is about bringing us to alignment with the Word of God. You see, folks, we can get happy. We can clap. We can say, what a wonderful preacher. What a wonderful church. But listen, everything wonderful is just emotional. God wants to go deeper today. God is saying there's a level that is ankle deep. God is saying there's a level that is knee deep. God is saying there's a level that is loins deep. And there's a level that you have to swim with God. And I, God forbid, when you start to swim, you don't swim against the current. Don't fight God, but swim with the current. God is putting some current under your water. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to do a quick work. I say God's going to do a quick work. I tell you what, there's not much time left. God's going to do a quick work. I'm not so worried. My daughter said, Dad, you know, I knew you before. I know you now. But you now kind of take it a little easier than before. I said, well, I got the revelation, sweetheart. Do you know what revelation I've got? That church doesn't belong to me. I didn't die for them. I didn't give my life for them. So I no more feel the pressure. He died for them. He gave his life for them. He is the bridegroom coming for his bride. And Jesus does not need me. He can do it all by himself. And so when His grace is upon me and He wants me to do something for Him, it is my opportunity and great pleasure. It is a privilege for me to serve God. 
And you need to understand, when God opens the door, you may not have been the first person. Here there were others, but God said, those are not listening. And because of your commitment and your sacrifice and your life that's laid on the altar, He says, I will use you. God will take the nobodies and He will confound the somebodies. God will take the foolish and they will confound the wise. Come on, somebody. God is taking, listen to me. God is taking the weak. And he says, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. Amen. I'm strong in the Lord. And so let us trust him. So today, we have to be a spirit-filled church. We have to be a spiritful church. Our pastor here, in my last trip, when pastor's birthday, we're having a cup of tea, and I told him something. I said, remember what I'm saying to you, that Little Falls is a healthy church. You cannot be an unhealthy church when you emphasize prayer. Prayer has helped us to levels we don't even understand. We don't even understand what our prayers have done. Some of you supposed to be taken out, but because prayer had covered you, there's a mantle of prayer of the apostolic, of the prophetic, and that prayer covers you. And when that prayer covers you, that prayer protects you, and no evil, arm, or danger can come upon you. Come on, somebody. Amen. When your pastor says he's praying for you, Remember, it is not an ordinary prayer. It is an apostolic prayer that brings divine covering. Go out without your pastor and see what happens. Your pastor protects you with his prayer because he fights the battle. Let me just give you an illustration. In my home, I take the authority. My wife is a strong woman. You know, she's very good in, 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 in uh, administration, very good with finances. Actually, I don't know where the money is, but she knows where the last farthing is. You know, and so I tell her, well, that's where God's anointed you. And she may be anointed in all these things, and I must be weak in those things. But because... I'm the head of the house. I am the one takes responsibility to put covering over her, over my girls, over their husbands, and over my two granddaughters. I take that authority. And I say, devil, I put my foot down. You can try whatever you want. You cannot touch them. I put warrior angels right around my house. And the four corner post is protected. I put the blood of Jesus upon the doorposts and the lintels. There's a pillar of fire by night. There's a pillar of cloud by day. 
I say, Lord, I build an altar in my house and I call it Jehovah Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, the perfect peace of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many of you know that God is preserving my family because I'm taking the responsibility to cover them with prayer? Then I go further and I work on my prayer for all my pastors, all the members of the church, and people that I'm associated with. Now, let me tell you something about my wife. When we were pretty younger, I think both my daughters were under 10, a doctor called me, and he said, your wife has a lot of problems with her lungs, and it's so dangerous, it may not be good. Now, you remember I'm preaching at that age. I'm going every other congregation, preaching Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, again Sunday. And so I'm thinking, Lord, if you take my wife home, what's going to happen? So I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know me better than anybody else. I will not know what type of clothes these girls will wear. I don't understand how to discipline these girls. Lord, I'm just a preacher. If you take her away, I will be finished. How many years has passed? The girls are even now married. And God answered my prayer. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. How many of you know when you take the authority, sickness leaves the house? Miracles happen. You know, many people, they want a miracle to come from Pastor Harold's prayer, my prayer, some evangelist's prayer, some prophetic man's prayer, a man of God in his house has more power and authority in prayer over his wife and children than the pastor. We can't take the husband's position. We cannot do that. Husbands know you're the head of the house. And when you Take your place, not by saying how much you can have, where you can go, what you can do, but by saying the Lord is over our home. The Lord is over our home. When a husband decrees, declares the Lordship of Jesus, every devil leaves that house. Come on, somebody. You take that authority now. Take it in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, you know, I don't pray as strong as my wife. I don't prophesy as my wife. I want you wives to do something for me today. I want you to say to your husband, you have the gift. Because a woman should not usurp what a husband is given by God. 
This is not a responsible. A, hus a, a, a husband is not the head because the pastor made him the head. Or in the wedding, you got married, we made him the head. God said, the man is the head of the house. Do you know why we have problems and confusion? It's because we have broken the, the, the order of God. We have broken the order of God. And that's why we have confusion. That's why they don't know whether they're male or female. I'm not afraid to say that. Because the Lord said he made male and female. I'm not going to debate that. I'm not going to bring confusion in my house. I'm not going to let both my granddaughters be confused. Because we will stand for God. Come on somebody. It was our biggest problem. And I told some pastors, the church is too silent and heathens are screaming. When are we going to scream? When are we going to speak with authority? Oh, we are so weak, so feeble, so frail. Why? We want to take the easy route. We want to have church for convenience. Let me tell you something, folks. I believe and I'm very blessed, but I'm not in church for God to bless me financially. I'm not in church for God to bless me with material goods. Because those things are for a season. Those things are temporal. The Bible says that things of this world will perish. Don't compare my car with your car. Don't compare my house with your house. Don't compare my coat with your coat. Your coat may be much more valuable. My coat may be much more valuable. But let me tell you, these things will become rags. But the kingdom of God is forever and ever and ever. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let us put God first and everything else will follow. Don't make mammon our God. We will bow to no foreign God because there is a living God. Where is the church? Where's the voice of the church? Because we act like the foolish virgins. The foolish virgins, they'll never make a sacrifice. Never. Why? Everything must be convenient. The temperature must be convenient. The lights must be convenient. The parking must be convenient. Where's the passion for God? Where is the heart after God? How about somebody saying every day, when Pastor Harold said, let's go into the house of the Lord, I ran with joy. Today, we have to send people messages upon messages. Come to church. I ask you, if you don't want to come, stay at home. Watch me with your PJs. Watch me with your coffee. Watch me go into the watch yourself go into the loo and coming back and miss the best part. Come on, somebody. When it was for you to receive something, you never got it because you were in the wrong venue.
I, I, I don't despise technology. Actually, I fought it. When my wife bought me my first computer, I said, that is very impersonal. And today she still reminds me about that. When they bought me a telephone, I said, man, I can't handle this. Too many buttons. When I was growing up, there were only nine buttons. So I know what your number is. No, I'm sorry, ten. Because of zero. <laughs> Why do you want to complicate my life? I just want Jesus. But you give me a phone. And then you want me to use WhatsApp. And then I send the wrong message to the wrong person. <laughs> you know why they laugh in pastor? Because many of them did the same. <laughs> I know all about this. Do you know, sometimes I talk to people and I go blank for a 15 second. And I think, what in the world is happening? Since I became 60, I heard you have senior moments. <laughs> At least somebody's truthful. <laughs> Only those that are truthful is going to heaven. Now, we believe today that we have to come to the place where we cannot be the foolish church, we have to be the wise. Wisdom is the principal thing. When you make decisions, you have to be wise. And one of the ways you're going to make the right decision is when you have the Holy Spirit. You know, I say this all over because we talked about it. That when you go through life, you have experience. Experience brings you to what we call maturity. Maturity brings you to wisdom. But you and I who have the Holy Ghost, we go beyond that. We live in revelation. Because the Holy Ghost downloads heaven to the level and capacity we are committed and submitted to the Holy Ghost. See, if you want the Holy Ghost just to make you clap or just to speak in tongues, then folks, it's going to be a dry cleaning experience. In by nine, out by five. Listen to me. I thought about it this afternoon. I'm going to lay it out on you. The Holy Spirit is not meant for the Feast of Tabernacles, a Feast of uh, Pentecost. The Holy Ghost should be a lifestyle. We can't come and crank you up every year. You should come at ankle deep level, get on knee level. And from knee level to loins level. Loins level and swim. And when you start to swim, then you can go deep sea fishing. Folks, I'm telling you, some of you, if you only know what God has for you, you would not sulk tonight. If you only know what God has for you. You know, I had a dream. And I'm going to tell you that dream because it comes by the power of the Spirit. I had a dream. There was this big stadium. 
And we were all moving towards that stadium because the churches were too small. And they had uh, trucks. And the trucks had wheelchairs and crutches and that uh, polio kind of uh, stuff. And they were filling those trucks and taking it out. So when I got there, people were screaming, I can walk. People were screaming, I can see. People were screaming, I'm healed. And then I went, I want to find out whose meetings are these. Guess what they told me in the dream? We don't know. Because God is going to work like pick and pay. No brand. Come on, somebody. God's not going to work with me because I'm well known. God's going to work with those who are unknown. There's somebody right now in the prayer grotto, nobody knows they are praying. Nobody knows they are weeping. Nobody knows what they are birthing in the spirit. But let God do something with a no brand. God's going to bring them out. Because today, we have too much of ego. We have too much of self. That's why I told you last night, if you really want an encounter with God, you should go through the cross. And when you go through the cross, you and I will decrease and Jesus will increase. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's how it's going to be. Now, I want to just share something with you that's very strong on my heart. And I want to share with you our viewers today. There's something that is called new normal and something that is called normal. People like Pastor Harold and myself, fortunately, we come from normal. And some, most of you that are watching and not yet in church, you are new normal. <laughs> I'm going to tell it straight, Pastor. The point is, how can we start getting involved with technology and everything to bring comfort and real relaxation and people's own convenience? And then God says, what have you put on the altar? Let me tell you something. If you don't put sacrifice on the altar, there's no fire. No, no, I'm coming next Sunday. Pastor Harold's going to anoint all of us. You know what it's called? Empty hands on empty heads. Christians, stop looking for convenience. Stop looking for times when you can see your own comfort. Where's sacrifice? See the normal church. We prayed all night. We never make a big thing about it. We never advertised it. We prayed all night. You know what that was? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. I remember when I was in high school, my father would every Fridays from, uh, from, from about 10 o'clock right to about 6 a.m. We prayed. Went home, had a shower, went out in the city, gave our tracks, preached the gospel. Came back and had some lunch and went back on the field. 
Next morning, went to some mission churches, preached the gospel. Then in the evening came home, got ready for the new week. No one paid us. No one forced us. No one offered us anything. No one even knew our names. There was no billboards. We just landed there. We did our work and we were gone. Devils used to run. I actually, as a young man, my faith was encouraged because these men used to fast a hundred days. A hundred days. And I saw demons manifest. Demons walk in, they manifest. And I'm telling you, when the true church gets up, when people have demon spirits come and sit on the chairs, that chair will be so hot that demon cannot handle it. There's going to be, see, Jesus is not coming for a prostitute. He's coming for a bride. And when Jesus comes back, he's coming for people that wholeheartedly have served him. Where are the Christians? Those days, you know what we used to talk about, Baza? We say, how many devils we cast out this weekend? How many souls came to the altar? How many people were healed? How many hours we prayed? How many chapters in the Bible you read? Today, what new brand are you wearing? What car are you driving? Where is the church with wise virgins? When we were growing up, we were on our knees before the Lord. Why? We had raw passion. We were not interested whether they called us evangelist, prophet, bishop, doctor, what all. We just wanted to serve God. I pray this feast of Pentecost. God is going to bring back the normal. God's going to bring back the spirit of the wise virgins because that is the kingdom of God. God bless you all. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.